So what we're about to do now, don't let it be a formality. You know what I mean by that? What I mean is, this is just how we order the service. And so let's just do it in order, forgetting the purpose of being orderly. And the purpose of being orderly is just simply to have some sort of structure to the service. And it ought not to ever breed formality. And so I, um, it's just something I'm very conscious of. And it's just something that, uh, I don't know if you'd call it a hobby horse of mine, but just to always remind uh, the brethren and anyone that's present why we're actually here. Whether you're saved or whether you're not saved, we're here for a reason. We're not here just to go through the motions. You're here because you're either a Christian or you want to know about Christ. And so as a Christian, we want to grow in Christ and grow in the knowledge of Him. And if you're not a Christian, you want to know about Him, so... You can be saved, and I hope that is your heart if you're not a Christian, that you want to know about Him and know more of Him and know more of why He did what He did and so forth, so you can be saved. But whatever the purpose, I just, I just want you to remember, don't just go through the motion, wait till time's up, where some either have to leave or just can't wait for lunch. And, um, and so we're here, we have this short time, this opportunity to be exposed and receiving and thinking and meditating on the scriptures and the things of God. And so let's use that opportunity. And so one of my favorite verses in scripture, Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19 and in verse, verse 10. Luke chapter 19 and verse 10 says this. We're very familiar with it. We that are in the word often. For the Son of Man is come. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. It's such a simple truth. It's such a precious truth. And for those that know and love the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to Him He is precious to us. And we rejoice to hear this old, old story over and over and over again. For we know it best. And we know what it was like when we were lost in our sins. But Jesus found us. And Jesus saved us. And Jesus set our feet on a good path. And if you have not tasted of the grace of God in that way, then I hope this morning you have ears ready to hear and hearts ready to receive what God has for us this morning. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. The idea of, of seeking is seeking with purpose. We don't just look for things for nothing. And so all the more with the Lord Jesus Christ, He didn't come seeking just for the sake of seeking. He came seeking for a purpose. And this, the word seeking can be used in many contexts and in many ways. But it has the idea of seeking to find or seeking to go or seeking to do. I'm seeking for a purpose. It's the same word used also when we look to seek God. What are we doing? We're, we're looking for God for a purpose. We're looking to commune with Him. We're looking to make our requests known to Him. We're looking to find Him. We're seeking for a purpose. And Jesus came to seek for a purpose. And the purpose goes on to say is this. He came to seek and to save. 
and to save, to deliver, to make whole. This is where I believe this idea of being delivered, this, it has a sense uh, by definition of being made whole, being made whole. And I believe this is why before salvation there's a sense within the depths of the soul of every man, some greater than others, some more conscious of it than others, but there's this sense within the heart of man, a constant sense of something is missing and this overshadowing of guilt that I can never shake. I can numb it for a season, perhaps doing things or keeping busy with something or taking certain things, but there's something always missing. There's something there that's just, that's just, that's just sitting over my head. And what that something is, is you need to be saved. That you have not yet been made whole. That's why there's this sense of something missing from our life. But this is why Jesus came to seek and to save specifically that which was lost. That which was lost. And the idea of being lost is, is you've, been, you, you've been put out of the way entirely. You've been put out of the way entirely. And you think about what it means to be lost. A lost person may have some sort of idea or desire to get to a certain place, but they don't know how to get there. They're lost. They don't know which way to go. They know where they want to go, but they don't know how to get there because they're lost. And they need direction and they need guidance. This is the idea of being lost. It's very simple. It's to be put out of the way entirely. And so long as you remain in this state of being lost, you'll never get to where perhaps you even desire to go because you're lost. In some contexts, it has the idea of simply straying or something out of its place. But in the context of salvation in here that we're talking about here, it's in reference to being given over ultimately one day to the eternal misery of hell. The word lost here is the same word used for perish. And it has the same idea, especially in the context of, of salvation. And Jesus came to seek and save those that are perishing those that are dead in their sins, those that are lost, those that are without God and without hope. Christ Jesus came into the world, as we're going to see it, to save sinners. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. There are some today that are still looking for someone else, but no one else is coming, for He has already come. Jesus has already come and He came to seek and to save that which was lost. To the Jew first, but then also to the Gentile. He came unto His own and His own received Him not. But then He goes on to say, but to as many as receive Him, Jew or Gentile, to them gave He power to become the sons of God. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. And it wasn't just anyone that come. The phrase here, the Son of Man, speaks of His humanity. And the Son of Man is in connection with, you will find different titles concerning Christ. He's the Son of Man. He is the Son of God. But we also see the Scriptures clearly teaching that He is God 
manifest or revealed in the flesh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so we see there are different aspects, different elements, different titles given to Jesus, our Savior. And here He's given the Son of Man, because He humbled Himself and came in fashion as a man, the Bible says. And He humbled Himself and not only became in fashion of a servant, which is a, a human, He said, but He humbled Himself so much even to the death of the cross. Christ Jesus came all the way from heaven. The Son of Man submitted Himself into the hands of His own creation to be crucified by them for you and I. That's why He came. He didn't come just to fix up our lives. He didn't come to fix up our bank accounts. He didn't come to just uh, and, and focus simply on our health and our wisdom and all these things. He came because mankind has a serious problem with God and that is we are dead in our sins and those sins are an abomination to God. So that's why God had to deal with it. That's why Jesus came. And so it goes without saying, and before I get there, let's just, keep, let's just go through this verse and focus on different elements here. First, let's think on this seeking, this seeking. Christ Jesus, the Son of Man, came, is come into the world to seek, to seek and to save that which was lost. He came for a purpose, and I don't know about you, but have you ever wondered how Jesus is still seeking to save even now, even today? I don't know if you've ever wondered how He does that and and, and how He's doing that, but we even see a glimpse of it in the Scriptures. In Acts chapter 8, it talks about an Ethiopian man who was traveling back to Ethiopia from Jerusalem, indicating to us that he was perhaps coming back from worshipping. We don't know, it's just an assumption. But the point was this, he was reading from the scroll of Isaiah. Let me say this, I believe he was seeking. And so what God did is He told one of His children, his child in this case was Philip, to pick himself up from Samaria and go down to Gaza, a very long distance away from where he was, And he was in a place in Samaria that was an outcast society. And because of persecution, Christians were pushed into Samaria. And therefore the gospel went into Samaria. And many believed on the Lord and were saved in Samaria. And there was a great and mighty work of God taking place in Samaria. And in the midst of a mighty working of God in Samaria, the Spirit of God says to Philip, I want you to go to the desert. I want you to go to Gaza. He didn't tell him why. He just says, I want you to go there. And so Philip obeyed. And he went to Gaza. And however long it would have taken for him to get there, when he got there, he saw a chariot. And the Spirit, the Bible says, told Philip to join himself to this chariot. And so he ran and came beside this chariot and he heard this Ethiopian man who was a eunuch reading from the book of Isaiah. 
He was reading the scriptures. And so Philip asked him a question. Do you understand what you're reading? And he says, how can I understand except the man explained to me? And he invited Philip to come up into his chariot and he asked him a question. Is this, is this man talking about himself or is he talking about someone else? And the Bible tells us that he began from the same scripture and he preached unto him Jesus. Jesus. You know what happened there? There was a man that was seeking and so you know what Jesus did? He sought him out. Jesus sent one of his children to seek out the man that was seeking for God. We see of another, another account in Acts chapter 10 of a man named Cornelius. The Bible tells us he was a devout man, a worshipper of God who feared God with all his house and he was seeking the Lord and he was fasting, an unregenerate man. And so God came to him by way of an angel in a vision and he told him to send for a man who's going to tell him what he ought to do. And he sent, he brought his most committed men and he sent these soldiers down to look for Peter and while he sent them down to look for Peter, Peter had fallen asleep and was, 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 was somewhat in a dream but he received a vision from God and the long story short was God told him that there are men who are coming to seek for you. He's, and God told him, I have sent them. And when the Spirit of God made it known to him that I have sent them and I want you to go with them, Peter, I know they're Gentiles, but don't call that unclean which I have called clean. And don't call that uncommon which I have called common. And he's, when he knew the Spirit of God told him that these men are coming to seek for him and they were sent by God, Peter went to them. He says, I'm the man you're looking for. And then in due time, they went back to the house of Cornelius and Cornelius told him what God had revealed to him. And the Bible tells us that God had revealed to Cornelius that Peter was going to come and was going to tell him words whereby him and all his house will be saved. Cornelius, a man that was seeking God, so God sought him out and he was found. This is how Jesus is still seeking to save that which was lost. We read in Acts chapter 16 of Paul the Apostle. Now he purposed in his heart. He was bound by God. He says, woe is me if I preach not the gospel. And he was bound to preach the gospel. And he was not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because he knew what the gospel had done for him. And so he had set his face or set his heart as it were to go and preach uh, the gospel in Asia. But the Spirit of God said no. And so he went to go and preach the gospel elsewhere and the Spirit of God says did not allow him to do that. And it's not that the Spirit of God was stopping him from preaching the gospel, it was that the Spirit of God was stopping him from preaching the gospel there. And the reason why the Spirit of God was stopping him from preaching the gospel there is because God needed Paul to know and he received this call, this divine call, knowing that the Spirit revealed that he wanted him to go to Macedonia. And from Macedonia, he eventually ended up in a place called Philippi because in Philippi, there was a lady named Lydia whose heart, the Bible said, God opened. A seeker. 
And so you know what God did? He sought her out. And this is how even still Jesus today seeks people out. Those that look up into heaven, God has given all men the witness of creation. And there are those that wonder that are lost as can be and, and, and gaze up in the skies and wonder who made this and is there someone out there? Is there something out there? Those that desire to know this unknown God as it were. And so what God does is He sends a child their way or He brings them across one of His children's path to share with them who created this world. Those that within their conscience being tormented by guilt, knowing that they are guilty but not knowing why perhaps, and are sensitive there to God, will often bring them across someone's path or bring a child across their path to help them know, hey, there's a moral lawgiver that gave you that conscience and that guilt that you are experiencing is simply a foresight of the final verdict in the day of judgment that you're going to receive if you stand before the one that gave you that conscience. But Jesus, but Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. This is how Jesus still seeks to save, is still seeking out men. I know a brother, a brother in the Lord. Uh, excuse me, let, me, let me take this back, I'll wind it back. I met a man recently and, uh, and I had an opportunity to witness to him. And as I was sharing the Lord with him and, and we spoke about certain things and my, and my wife was there waiting in the car and I was, I was mindful of her but it was a divine opportunity with this man and we were talking and long story short he tells me towards the end about this man who was a Christian that used to always tell him about Christ. And he said, yeah, he was a, he was a man that just, um, you know, he, he even kind of moved from where he was and left everything to be a pastor. And you and I know how many forms of Christianity are there now. And so I don't know what kind of Christian this guy is. And I said to the man, I said, look, I don't know what kind of Christian he is. I, I, I don't know. I said, but hey, maybe this might be an answer to his prayers. I have no idea. I gave the man my number. I didn't have my phone on me. And I just said to him if he wanted to keep in contact, to get in contact with me. And so I left that man and he was telling me again about how this guy used to witness to him and left. And I left that man and I knew it was a divine appointment. And then he messaged me the next morning and he said, uh, hi, and, it, and he, said, he told me it was him. And he said, do you know a brother by the name of so-and-so? And I said, yes, I do know him. He said, that's the Christian that I was telling you about that was witnessing to me. And he said, we work together in Bathurst. But here I meet this man in Newcastle and he said, this brother that used to uh, witness to him, he said, man, he told me a lot about you. He told him a lot about me. And so what am I telling you here? Jesus is still working to seek and to save that which was lost. Here you have a man who was a seeker. He told me he'd think about it and he'd put it off. He'd think about it, then he'd put it off. He'd think about it, but it was too much. So he'd put it off. And so here God brings his child along, the same child that one of his other children was telling him about that one day I got saved and Jesus saved me and how he can save him too and here God crosses paths with a seeker Jesus still today is seeking seeking the souls of men and many more stories like that brothers and sisters but Jesus 
is come. The Son of Man is come to seek, to seek. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to Himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. And so we as ambassadors of Christ, pray you in Christ, said that ye be reconciled to God. And so what God has committed to the apostles, what God has committed to the church of God, is this ministry that the Bible calls the ministry of reconciliation because God is now sending His children out to seek those just like Jesus came to seek out souls. Brothers and sisters, how does Jesus even today seek men's souls? Well, He not only brings them across certain people's paths, but He brings us across certain one's paths. And Jesus today is still active and He desires us to be active in this, 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 this ministry of reconciliation. We as ambassadors for Christ, representatives of Christ, always ready, always ready to seek out those that Jesus is seeking out. He came to seek. And so if you're seeking God, my friend, you're in the right place because God is seeking you. And He wants you to be saved. Jesus is come to seek and to save. He is not just come to seek the souls of men and that's where He's going to leave it. No! He came to seek the souls of men to save men specifically from our sins. Matthew chapter 1 says, And she shall bring forth a son, Mary, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. John chapter 1 verse 29, uh, John the Baptist was preaching and when he laid his eyes upon Jesus Christ, he says, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Matthew chapter 18 verse 11 says something very similar to Luke chapter 19, but Matthew chapter 18 said, For the Son of Man is come to save that which was lost. First Timothy chapter 1 verse 15 tells us that Christ Jesus came into the world very specifically to save sinners. Jesus came to save. We have heard the joyful sound. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Spread the tidings all around. Jesus saves. Jesus saves and He wants us to spread that good news. But that's why Jesus came. Not simply to seek out men for the sake of it, but the purpose in seeking was to find men's souls to save men from their sin. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. This was the heart of God. This was the heart of our Saviour. And this is the heart He desires every one of us to have just like He had, to seek for men's souls, because Jesus desires to save them. 
And Jesus wants to save you today if you are not saved in our midst. And I want you to think on Him. And I want you to understand that He came to do that very thing that we cannot do. To save us from our sins. And it's in connection with that final point, so I might as well connect it. He came to save that which was lost. He came to save men from their sins because that was the problem. Sin is what caused us to go completely astray and out of the way. And that regardless how close we may seem to think we are, or regardless how close we may appear to be, hey, the Scriptures even talk about one who almost, almost has entered into the kingdom, almost has received, but almost is not enough. Almost cannot take you to heaven, almost does not deliver you from your sins. And so the reality is, whether you're close or far, we are way out of the way if we are not saved, if we have not been born into the family of God, born from above, born again. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came into the world to save sinners and Paul says of whom I am chief. Paul knew he was a sinner. He understood that he was lost. He knew that he wasn't right with God. And all the more after he got saved, he understood more and more just how far away from God he was. So much that he said, I was the chief of sinners. But if you met Paul before he got saved, he thought he was all right. He was the Pharisee of Pharisees. But after he got saved, he says, Mate, chief of sinners, you're looking at him. And God saved the chief of sinners. And I can imagine Paul's heart also saying, And if he can save me, he can save you. Because Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. That which has gone astray. That which is far removed out of the way. Those that are far from God. Lost. Lost. God had a problem with the shepherds that He had designed to oversee His flock Israel. And He had a problem with them. And He pronounced a curse, a woe upon them. And He let them know that you are going to be held accountable for the flock in which you were supposed to be overseers over. Because a shepherd is supposed to lead the sheep, to feed the sheep, to guide the sheep. And if ever a sheep goes astray, you're going for that one and you bring that sheep back. And that's the heart of a shepherd. And He takes this even from the Old Testament and He brings it into the New Testament. He says, I am the great shepherd of the sheep. And He teaches His disciples, this is what a shepherd does. And this is what a shepherd looks like. And this is what He has somewhat even commissioned His disciples to go forth with the same heart. With what we know to be called the Great Commission today. Shepherds are going to give a great account. But Jesus came. Jesus came. The Great Shepherd to do what a shepherd does. And He came to save that which was lost. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter 3 that Christ has uh, also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that He might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. 
when Jesus was calling Matthew or Levi, according to Luke, to be his disciples, he says these words. We understand that Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost, those which were perishing. And God uses other terms to describe those which were lost and those which were perishing. And he also connects this idea of those that are lost and perishing or those that are sick and in need of a physician. And he says that those that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. You see, we have sinned sick souls, and Jesus came to call not those that think they're all good and don't need a physician. He came to call those that are dead in their sins, that they need to be saved, those that are lost, those that are perishing, those that are sick, that need a saviour. Sinners to repentance. He came to call that which was without strength and ungodly. The Bible says in Romans 5 that we were yet without strength and in due time Christ died for the ungodly. He came and died for the unjust. He came to seek and to save that which was dead in trespasses and sin. Ephesians chapter 2 speaks about uh, those that were quickened, those that were made alive, who were, past tense, dead in trespasses and sins. And he makes emphasis of this. But we have been, although being dead in our sins, the Bible says, and the uncircumcision of our flesh, he says, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all your trespasses. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was without God and without hope. And Ephesians 2 talks about those having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who are sometimes, you who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Jesus came to save the lost. Why am I emphasizing this loss? Why am I trying to elaborate on this perishing, on those that are unjust, those that are ungodly, those that are without hope, those that are sick? It's because if you don't see these things for what they are, if you don't believe that this is your condition, you will never ever seek to be found. You will never ever realize your need to be saved if you don't realize you're sick, if you don't realize you're lost, if you don't realize you're perishing, if you don't realize you're unjust, if you don't realize you're ungodly, if you don't realize you're without God, you will never see your need for the Savior who is seeking you out to save you from your sins. That's what He came to save us from. And heaven is a byproduct of that. Joy and peace in the Holy Ghost is a byproduct of that. Having life and life more abundant is a byproduct of that. All the benefits we have in Christ Jesus are simply byproducts of, 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 of dealing with the main issue, which is our sin before God. And Paul knew he was a sin. And Paul knew what he was saved from. That's why he says, I was the chief of sinners. That's why he says, oh, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Even that sinful woman, the Bible says, where those that were religious thought if this was a prophet, he knew, would have known that this woman was a sinner who poured out this alabaster box of ointment all over him, who with her tears wet his feet and wiped it with the glory of her hair. I need us to understand this. 
Because if you don't see that Jesus came to save you from your sins, and if you don't see where you stand before God and how God sees that, then you'll never come to Jesus to be saved. You'll never come to Jesus to be saved. God has given us many things, truth in general, but has given us wisdom by His Word to share with others, to help them, to diagnose their condition. Like we would go to a doctor and we'd go and say, I'm feeling this and I'm feeling that and have a look at what's coming out here and so on and so forth. And on the basis of all the information received, the diagnosis is this is what you have. And so this is why we go to the one that can diagnose us correctly so we can know, okay, what's the remedy? And so there are many out there that may perceive that there's a problem but don't know the answer. They can see these kind of symptoms and kind of issues that they know are problems but don't really appreciate how serious the problem is. Someone may be feeling a little bit of pain over here and they don't know. They don't really appreciate just a little bit of pain. I thought, you know what, I'll just go and, uh, and, and just check it out. And the one that knows what's going on here with a little bit of pain and say, get yourself to the hospital straight away. You, you, it's, you're having symptoms of a heart attack. And so what I'm simply saying is you have people out there that know they're guilty. You have people out there that know there's more to life. You have people out there that have questions and they think there's more and they know there's more and they know those things are not so good. And, and, and what happens is the child of God comes with the word of truth and says, hey, this is serious, mate, you need to get saved. This is what the problem is. And you help them to see their need. And you help them to understand the seriousness of what that guilt is. And you help them to diagnose what that emptiness is. And you help them to realize what God thinks about them rather than what they think about themselves. And although they may feel, oh, I'll be alright. The doctor says, no, you're about to die if you don't do anything about it. And so you have many out there in the world today and think, oh no, I'm alright, wherever I go, I go. No, God says He doesn't want you to go to hell. He came all the way from heaven to save you from your sin so you can be with Him forevermore. You're lost and you need to be found. And so it's a good thing, brothers and sisters, when witnessing, it's okay when we're, when we're witnessing to others or we're sharing the Lord with others or we're speaking the truth with others. It's sometimes a good thing to help them to realize that they are lost so that they can realize they need to be found. And this is one way of showing them their sin in light of God. Oh, who doesn't tell a lie? You know, what's a white lie? Isn't that an okay thing from here and there? Have you heard anything like that before? But what does God say about lying? And so what are we doing? We're going to try and bring them to the right diagnosis and say, mate, you are so far out of the way and you think this is okay, but God says it's never going to be accepted in my sight. And so people must see that they are lost, else they'll never be found. Else they'll never be found. And I thank God that He is the one that initiated the seeking. That God seeks us out. And we in return are provoked or prompted in one way or another to seek Him out. And if you seek Him, you will find Him. Every single time. Whether you're not saved or whether you are saved. If you seek Him, you will find Him every single time. God is not playing hide and seek with us. He's not playing hide and seek with us. 
And so if you seek Him, you'll find Him. And Deuteronomy says, but if you seek Him with all your heart and with all your soul, He will be found. He will be found. Jesus came to seek you. Would you seek Him? And if only you would seek Him, you will find Him. And if you would find Him, you'll find Him to be true to His promise that He did come to save us from our sins. And then you can give testimony like those in Scripture and like some of us sitting here today that Jesus saved me. What a blessed assurance to know that Jesus is ours. Jesus is ours. But God commended His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners. I was speaking to a young man yesterday and saying, Brother, you may have not done the things that I've done and I may have not done the things that you've done. And he was a Jewish, he was a Jewish boy. I said, you're a Jew, I'm a Gentile, but guess what? You've sinned and I've sinned, so we've both got the same problem. And doesn't matter how many you've done, doesn't matter how many I've done, doesn't matter what kind you've done, doesn't matter what kind I've done, the problem is we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and we all need to be saved. And so while we were yet sinners, while we were yet sinners, Jesus initiated it. He commended His love toward us. He didn't wait for us. He initiated it. Commended His love toward us. He died for us. He died for us. 2 Peter 3.9 teaches us that God is not willing that any should perish. He doesn't want people to stay lost and dead in sin. He doesn't want people to be perishing. He is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's why Jesus came to call sinners to repentance. He came to seek and save that which was lost. Do you see where you really stand in the sight of God? Or do you think you're okay? Do you think I'm not as bad as so-and-so? I didn't really do such things as this, so I'm not as bad as so-and-so. I don't think you fully appreciate what sin is, regardless what kind it is. And I don't think you fully appreciate the holiness of God and how serious you take sin. And I don't think you fully appreciate the consequence that God puts upon all kinds of sinners. And this is what Jesus came to deal with. He came to deal with it. You can be saved, but you've got to see the fact that you're lost. You can't just add Jesus on. It's Jesus or nothing. You can't just come with most but not all. No, it's all or nothing. And Jesus teaches us this. There's no withholding. And it's not until you come to the Lord as you are and you believe on Him with your whole heart. This is if you seek Him with your whole heart. Acts chapter 8 verse 37. If you believe with all your heart, Philip told that eunuch. And he says, I do. I do. And if you come and believe on Jesus with all your heart, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us. The Bible teaches us there's nothing that you and I can do to ever save ourselves. I was speaking to a young lady yesterday that tells me she reads her Bible every day and she makes sure she reads her Bible every day. And I asked her this question, I said, why do you read your Bible every day for? What for? She said, because I don't want to go to hell. 
I said, did you know you can read your Bible every day? And if you were given a million lifetimes to read your Bible every day, you'll still never get to heaven. She goes, oh. And so what's happening? You have someone, and by the way, God gave a sweet divine opportunity with this young lady who's not from here, who's from a different part, about two or three hours away. Hey, God is still seeking men's souls. But anyway, people are trusting in their own works rather than what Jesus did to save them. That's why the invitation is purely and constantly to believe on Him and Him alone. It's by grace you're saved through faith, not of yourself. It is the gift of God. It's a gift. It's something He paid for that He offers to you. It's a gift. Not of works lest any man should boast. And so we ought to cease from going about to establish our own righteousness and submit ourselves to the righteousness of God if you have not already done that. Establishing your own good works. You can read your Bible every day and still end up in hell, my friend. If you were given the opportunity to be in a Bible-believing church every day for a million lifetimes, you'd still end up in hell, my friend. If you do not come to Jesus, if you do not repent of your sin and trust in Him alone to save you from your sin. Some people come to Jesus and say, I don't want to, I don't want to go to hell, I want to go to heaven. That was a bit like that rich young ruler. What must I do to inherit eternal life? I've done all these things. I've done them. I've kept these from my youth up. That rich young ruler wanted eternal life, but he didn't want the giver of life. Because Jesus says, sell all that you have, give it to the poor, follow me, I'll give you riches in heaven. But he didn't want the Savior, he just wanted eternal, he just wanted to go to heaven. That's all he wanted. That's not going to happen. You cannot come to Jesus just because I don't want to go to hell and I want to go to heaven. You must see that I am lost in my sin and in need of a Savior. And when you come to Him, He says, I will in no wise, no way would I cast you out. But you must come to Him and believe on Him with your whole heart. And you will find Him and you will save. He will have all men to be saved, the Bible teaches us. 1 Timothy chapter 4 says this, that Jesus Christ is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. And so if you don't come, it's not like, oh yeah, I believe, like I give mental assent to. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about a wholehearted trust. And if you would come to Jesus today, and if you would believe in all, with all your heart that I'm going to stop trusting what I can do, and I'm going to just trust in what He has done, my friend, if you call upon the name of the Lord, He'll save you. He'll save you. If you would come to Him. Whosoever, whosoever, the Bible says, shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. Now is the accepted time. Behold, today is the day of salvation. And my friend, I beg you, you are not guaranteed tomorrow you are not guaranteed tomorrow and let me just say this too sincerity is not enough the Ethiopian eunuch was a sincere man he was reading from the scroll of Isaiah he was reading the scriptures in sincerity he wanted to understand this is why he said 
who's this man speaking about? Obviously, he was thinking about what he was reading. He was sincere, but he was lost. And so he needed the gospel to be saved. And he got saved when he believed with all his heart. That man, Cornelius, a devout man who feared God, was a sincere man, but he was still lost. And he needed to hear the words whereby him and his house can be saved. And that man got saved. Sincerity is not enough. These people that we even see in other cults and other religions caught up in different distortions and and, and a false way of Christianity. We say, but look at them. Look at their devotion. Look, they cry. Look at their emotions and their feelings and so forth. The Bible tells us of Ezekiel in Ezekiel. That, 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 that God showed His prophet, these ones, these women, who had an idol named Tamar set up before them, who were weeping before her. Weeping before this idol. You think, oh look, maybe sincere, but lost. Sincerity is not enough. You must be saved. You must be saved. You must be saved. That's why Jesus came. That's why He said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. There is no other name. There is no other name under heaven given amongst men whereby we must be saved. Jesus is come. There's not another coming after Him. And Jesus has died for your sins and mine. And Jesus wants to save you. Would you come to Him and be saved? The decision is yours. And brothers and sisters, we have been given a ministry to fulfill. We have been committed to our... We have been entrusted, Paul uses the words, entrusted with the gospel. And so God help us to be faithful ministers in going out to seek those that Jesus is seeking because Jesus wants to save them which are lost. Amen? Amen. Let's pray.